Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family-owned and operated, a no-pressure, laid-back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas-owned, Arkansas-operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy Chuck and tight. you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Nick Saban and Sam Pittman will make their way to midfield. The Hogs gave them all they wanted for three quarters. Alabama opened it up in the fourth, and the Crimson Tide remain undefeated. They improved to 5-0 and on the year. Hogs dropped to 3-2. Bama wins the ball game 49-26. to You know, to be honest, I thought Arkansas had them right where you wanted them in the fourth quarter. Third and 15, backed up, all the momentum with the Razorbacks, and then... Jalen Milrow, not Bryce Young, made a play and changed the entire complexity of that game. Arkansas never recovered after that play. They punched it in the end zone. And I know there's going to be a lot of hot takes this morning. Good thing, Tommy, it's a hot take Monday. Yeah, it's brought to you by Wheels RV, five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Get out and explore all the natural state has to offer in a brand new RV by Grand Design Forest River. KZ, Heartland, Keystone, or Alliance. It's all at Wheels RV and a lifetime warranty on every new RV they sell. That's Wheels RV, five miles west of exit 72, off of I-49 in Springdale. Seek, explore, discover with Wheels RV. I think it was 2016 when... Alabama went down here and marched all the way down and fumbled near the goal line. Arkansas recovered, and you thought, well, maybe it's going to go according to plan today. The offense did its part that day. The defense did not. Kind of felt the same way at points during this game where Alabama marched down initially on the opening drive and then threw that interception. Uh, Nudie McLaughlin, Dwight McLaughlin's his third this season. And I thought, hmm, okay, they needed turnovers. We talked about forcing turnovers all week. They do in the first possession, and then Bryce Young gets injured in the second quarter, and Jalen Milrow has to come in. Alabama has to completely change their offense. Bill O'Brien goes to that more Jalen Hurts type of running style, and Arkansas in the fourth quarter just defensively. A couple long runs from Jameer Gibbs, oh, that run from, from Milrow, and offensively just couldn't click it as much as they were in that third. Could move the ball. You know, obviously too many punts, too many three 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 and outs, four and outs, five and outs, no sustained drives. Uh yeah, you thought early, based on everything you just said, that hey, maybe Lady Luck's on her side. You had the tip ball that you were just lucky to get at the goal line, but it you know, obviously I think saved a touchdown would have put this thing, as we later found out on ice, maybe a little earlier. So you thought, yeah, maybe maybe it is is the day today. And then you get the like you said, the I don't want to call it good fortune, but when the Heisman Trophy winner gets injured early in the ball game, that's that's just uh, a break you need to take advantage of. And two things: couldn't sustain the drives, couldn't stop the run, and those were uh, 
Those were the things that beat you on Saturday. Couldn't throw the football either. Coach no. Pittman talked about that. They've they become a little one-dimensional, and I know K.J. missed some throws. He was under duress. I know that Alabama was coming after him a little bit. There were times the offensive line didn't block up, but I thought he, when you look back at the tape, there's some plays that he could have made. 13 for 24 is what he ended his day with, 155 yards. And they were getting some good push at times on the offensive line. I thought there were some times during the game, especially in that third quarter, where Alabama was just helpless trying to stop Arkansas's rushing attack. Rocket Sanders, A.J. Green, I know Rashad DeBinion is still probably ticked about that fumble that he had where it was a great play by the Alabama, I think it was Quinn Hellams, if I remember that right, the Alabama secondary player that came out and ripped that ball away. But I thought at times Arkansas dominated the line of scrimmage during points of the game. That was a key moment when... Uh when they had to review that, I mean, it was, and it became, once you got that other angle, it became pretty obvious it was a fumble. Um, that was a, a momentum killer, to say the least, because Arkansas was moving a little bit. You're right, there were times Arkansas was getting a push. Then there were times where it seemed like Bama was just living in the backfield. Arkansas never really got to the Alabama quarterbacks consistently in this ball game, And that was the other big thing. Until Arkansas got the final scoring drive in the first half, kind of a courtesy touchdown or a late touchdown, whatever you want to call it. It just um, it, it didn't really factor into the first half that much. It's 74 yards offense going into that drive. I mean, they spent most of the half getting nothing done offensively, so that made their halftime stats look at least respectable with about a 70-some-yard drive that, uh, that completed the half. So, I mean, just anemic on offense, right? Couldn't throw it, had like 18 yards passing to that point. Um KJ, I thought, missed some open receivers, particularly going out into the flats. Uh, they were calling pass routes and plays a lot of times instead of the middle. Where were they going? They're going out on the edge towards the boundaries and into the flats. And then the one play, you had two two plays from Alabama were just the middle of the field, and you could see the shift early from Young to his slot receiver inside. And they just took full advantage of open space in the middle of the field and took it to, to the house. Yeah, it was Miles Slusher. Miles Slusher didn't look healthy to me on Saturday. Maybe the doctors listening right now would have a better gauge on that, but there are times he looked gimpy and didn't look like he was himself. I don't know if he's still dealing with whatever or whatnot, but that was something I, I, I noticed and picked out. But yeah, when Arkansas brought pressure, it seemed like Young picked it up and what happened is when Milrow came in, they went back to more of a rushing-style offense. They proved they're still Alabama, and they do it differently. They, they don't line up in the power eye for the most part anymore, but they still are a powerful, physical running football team. And we saw with Milrow, we saw with Gibbs, we saw with McClellan, and some of the other guys that they featured in there that they can still run the ball when they need to. And at times, Arkansas was helpless, particularly in that fourth quarter. And that Gibbs kid, I know that he's not – necessarily a Derrick Henry or a Mark Ingram or one of the other outstanding running backs that they've had in the past. That kid can play. And Jordan Dominic's old teammate at Georgia Tech, you'd love to have him on your football team too. Well, that 70, I think it's 76-yard run he had there in the uh, what late third quarter, that was the one that sent him to the stand, or sent him to the gates, sent him to the parking lots. I mean, Gibbs, Gibbs looked like an All-American on that and ended up with, what, 206 yards on 18 carries. I mean, when you let someone average 11 yards a carry for that many carries. I know Milrow averaged a little more than that, but uh, was only on six carries. When the running back has 11 yards a carry and <laughs> 200 yards. 
That's a long day for a defensive it, coordinator. It's not gonna. It's not gonna go well for the most part. Now I know a lot of you are wondering, hey, what's gonna happen in Starkville? What's gonna happen with this football team? Here's Sam Pittman post game about how they can turn it around. You know, last year we lost three in a row and turned out and won four of the last five or five of the last six, whatever it might be. We got to find a way to turn it around. I know we played two really good teams the last two weeks, but we've got to play better regardless of what the score is, what it becomes. We've got to play more consistent. It doesn't get any easier going to Starkville. They clobbered Texas A&M this weekend. Then you got to go to BYU and play in Provo. They've come back down to earth a little bit. But Will Rogers played really well against the Aggies, and I, I would think after losing in the in the former fashion they did in Fayetteville, that he's going to have something a little extra in store for the Arkansas Razorbacks. I don't. Maybe you know is, is the line been out for that game yet? Or five and a half, yeah, five and a half is Arkansas dog. Yeah, I was going to say. I've, I, I would not expect Arkansas to be favored in, in any way, shape, or form in that ball game. So um, that might be a pointer. I thought it'd be more like three and a half or four, but that I mean, it's negligible what you're talking about the difference there. But yeah, I mean, it, that gives you an idea of kind of where you're at as a football team. You're going to Starkville, and uh, you're the underdog. So that, that was, uh, you know, not where you thought you were going to be a few weeks ago when you seemed to be a team that might could win one of the last two. You won none of the last two, and now. You've got Mississippi State and still a, a a tough BYU trip ahead of you. You've got to figure out a way to win at least one of these two and really want to right the ship. You need to win the next two going into the bye. I'm so. excited to go to Starkville, and I hope Arkansas has a good performance. I've never been. I, I can't wait for this weekend. Apparently, the good barbecue and good burgers down there is what I've been told. All right, there we go. All right, we're off and running on a hot take Monday. Hey, we're brought to you by World of Wireless. I got good news. ESPN. They resolve it? it. Disney, all of that, and Dish are back in bed together. That's I got, good. woke up to an email. It was not that way when I went to bed, but it didn't take long. So. Football is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events like MLB. MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. Bet online, where the game starts. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Chuck, that's where we open up the show this morning. Is We're talking about forcing turnovers all week. Dwight McLaughlin does it on the first possession, and he thought it might have been Arkansas's day, but unfortunately, fourth quarter, different story. Yeah, man, it was a good pick. It was a good way to start, uh, or it was a good way to end Alabama's possession there, I guess. The only bad part is that you're, on, you know, you're at your own one-yard line. you got to go 99 yards. But, um, you know, sometimes you just get beat by a better team. And I thought Tom Murphy had a great lead line in the Democrat Gazette yesterday. It said, dynasties don't die easy. 
And I think that's what we saw Saturday. Alabama's still Alabama, and there's still a gap, and we're better than we were, but we're not as good as them. It's a Hot Take Monday brought to you by Wheels RV, five miles west of Exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. The best brands, the best prices, a lifetime warranty on every new unit they sell. It's at Wheels RV, again, five miles west of Exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Seek, explore, discover with Wheels RV. Chuck, we was hoping we'd see the gap maybe narrow more consistently through the game with the line of scrimmage play. That was one area where the Hogs had moments but uh, they didn't have the consistent push at the line of scrimmage, the ability to get to Bryce Young early and later to Milrow. That was that was one area we thought would be a strength that turned out not to be so much. Well, Alabama, again, was just better in all phases. I mean, they were better in all phases of the game. I thought Arkansas played a little tight at the beginning. I still think there's the intimidation factor with Alabama. I mean, you can talk about it until you're blue in the face, but I still think it's there. I think we saw it early in the ballgame Saturday. And by the time – this is what happens a lot of times when teams play Alabama. By the time they get their feet underneath them, they're playing catch-up. You know, you're behind the eight ball, and you have no margin for error. And Alabama's going to make plays. I mean, Alabama's Alabama, and they're going to make plays. And you've got to score points, and you don't have a lot of margin for error. And I think sometimes when the errors begin to mount – you know, during that period where you're just still trying to get your feet underneath you, um, you can find yourself in a bad spot. And I thought that's what happened early in the game. Um, you hate to see anyone get hurt, and I really do, but football is a game of attrition. People do get hurt. and Sometimes it's your best player, and that's what happened to Alabama. But, you know, their offensive line won them the ball game. That's what happens with good teams when key players go out. You know, your, your your line of scrimmage takes over, and that's what wins you the game. And, you know, some of the numbers are skewed. I didn't think Alabama all day just pushed Arkansas around. Mm-hmm. They had 225 yards, I think, on third down plays. A lot of their offensive numbers came in the last quarter. But um, Alabama was better, and there's just no way around that. I'll give Arkansas credit. They fought back, and, I mean, that could have been a game, and I know it – you still lost by 20-something points, but that could have been a game you got railed and destroyed. But, I, I, I mean, Sam Pitt with another good special teams play against Alabama. I heard him talk about it after the game. They had a fake field goal that they were considering dialed up. But that was perfect execution by Bates on that onside kick, Chuck. Yeah, and if you're going to beat Alabama, you generally have to have a play like that. I mean, there's, there's, you know, you think about last year down there. You think about, obviously, the play they made with Bates. And other teams do the same thing. I mean, when... You know, you think about some of the games. Hugh Freeze gave them a run for their money there for a while. Ole Miss seemed to have their number there for a couple of years in terms of, you know, doing some things to them nobody else could. And, um, you know, sometimes things like that happen. But, um, you know, I think you can fall into a trap sometimes of trying to measure how good your team is based on how you play Alabama. Um, I don't think that's always a, you know, it's a barometer for where you are in terms of the best teams in the country. Uh, you know, only wishful thinking would have made you believe Arkansas was among the five or ten best teams in the country going into that game. Uh, there's a gap. And, um, you know, if you measure yourself against Alabama and Georgia, you're probably going to be disappointed. But they've still got a chance to win every other game. Chuck, I got to tell you, when that ball rolled back to the punter and he had to dive on that at the four oh, and Arkansas was on. I, I was felt sit- it too. I was sitting there, well, you know, with Young out. This is the day. This is finally it. I mean, for 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 a brief, and it was brief, 
but, but there for a moment in the third quarter, I thought, well, the stars are getting ready to line up here in Fayetteville. Yeah, I mean, it was the third down plays. I mean, that was what was so frustrating. Um, you know, obviously the run by Milro changed the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever momentum we had was gone. Uh, flipped the field. Um, Alabama was back in business after that play. And, I mean, they just had control from that point on. And those are the kinds of plays teams like that make. I mean, we forget Milro's a five-star guy. Um, you know, you do see, though, even with five stars, there's some, you know, there's some bright lights when you get in that game. And Milro was not a great passer, but he knew how to win, and they knew how to block for him, and they, you know, went with what they do best. I think they call those sudden change plays. I think. I think. Yeah, I mean, there was a sudden change play. You know, we 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 talked about sudden change plays on the pregame with Pittman, and that was sure a sudden change play. It was, and then when Gibbs went, what was it, seventy six? Not long after that, for the score, that was that was when it was over. Start the bus there. That was start the bus there. Eight seven seven three seven seven six nine six three is our number. Hot take Monday. Chuck Barrett, Tommy Kraft, Ty Richardson, and Danny in Rossville. Go ahead, Danny. Good morning, guys. Um, clearly, Alabama's better than us, but you're going to have to look back as the year goes on, this uh, Texas A&M game, where it looked like we were the better team. We just kind of coughed that one up. Uh, Arkansas played hard. I mean, they didn't play smart. Now, most I think we had four plays of 70 yards, something like that. Uh, most of those plays, we over-pursued. I mean, we had the whole team on one side of the field. And when they cut back, there was nobody there. I mean, it's, it's just like 60 yards of clear sailing. And third and 15, third and 30, this has been happening too much. Uh, defensive coach is going to have to get their <laughs> act together on that. We're not that bad against the run. We just over-pursued. And, uh, Ty, I saw you with a cowboy hat on. A couple weeks ago. Man, mm-hmm. I think you need to go with that look because you might get you a country girl. Quit going after these high-maintenance <laughs> girls. I think, that's, that was, girls. That's, I think that's a trick, Ty. Yeah. You guys have a good day. Thanks, Danny. <laughs> Danny, with a little advice. Sage advice for yeah. Ty there. I'm going to tell you, though, don't sit in front of my wife with the, with your cowboy hat. We had some guy that had his 10-gallon hat on in front of her, and she... Uh, that was a little frustrating for her on Saturday there uh, in the in the stadium. So, well, why didn't you cause a scene, Tom? Well, I, you know, I just, <laughs> I, I, I just didn't. So, oh, and you know, this probably was, a good move. Probably a good move. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they pack him in. I remembered why is quickly. He bigger than you? Is that what no? He, he actually did? wasn't. You know, which is hard to believe. I know in most cases, but actually he wasn't. But he, uh, but he had, he had the uh, the overdue haircut look as as, yeah. as you much do. So. You know, I I I felt for the fans Saturday. I know everybody was jacked up and ready to go, and it was a uh, it was a great atmosphere, just like we thought it would be. Um, you know, when when McLaughlin got that pick early in the ball game, wasn't as loud as Wingo, but it was pretty loud. It was and um, you know, I, I I thought the crowd came to play, and yeah. it was a. Um, you know, we watched a great football team beat a very good football team, and that's going to happen. You know, that pick had happened and. In- and had been more obvious to more of the stadium because it wasn't an obvious play unless maybe you were on the north end of the stadium. I was on more towards the south. I was about the 15-yard line towards the south end of the stadium. It took you a few seconds to realize exactly what 
had transpired all the way down there at the goal line, I think the stadium would maybe have exploded to that level you're you're referencing with Wingo. Well, you know, you got to train your eyes sometimes. You got to be able to go from the field back and forth to the scoreboard, you know, so you can see everything exactly as it happens. That's hard to do, but yeah. um, you know, it, it was a. Uh, you know, it was a great play, first off. And when you make a play like that early in a game that's, you know, not decided yet, you know, you feel like it is a big momentum play. But, again, you got 99 yards in front of you when you make that play, and um, you still got a long way to go. Yeah, and, they, and they came out, and, and, I mean, that first play, they got a good push, got them out they of did. kind of the shadow of the goal line, they if you did. will, and, you know, sustained a drive until they had that – illegal formation where they had five in the backfield after Knox had went in motion across and um, the yeah, they that still hate. had a negative play. That penalty was declined. That play was negative. Something was just wrong with that play. And then from there on, that, that drive derailed. I was so. going to say Hazelwood, I think, got blown up on that play. McKistry, yeah. Laners missed a block in McKistry. Side, yeah. I'll tell you what, Chuck, we were talking about him a little bit. That Kool-Aid McKistry is, my, is one of the best players I've seen in the defensive backfield for Bama. I mean, he's in that Drake Kirkpatrick type of category. He's unbelievable. Oh, he's a great player. I, I mean, he's 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 going to be in the NFL. You know, Saban coaches the corners, and they are uh, they're a very good group. They get the best ones out there, and then they get coached like crazy when they get there. So, you know, he's a good player. He's he's going to be in the NFL. They uh, Alabama gets the cream of the crop, guys, and. Um, you know, again, how many teams out there, when their starting quarterback goes out, how many teams bring a five-star in to replace him? Not many. Stelling, and, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, I was going to say that Browns recruited him. He got offered by Arkansas, Chuck, yeah. and they actually had a – I saw them have a conversation after the game and uh, just thought that was a kind of a cool connection too. You know, most of these coaches – we talked about this with Coach Pittman on his radio show Wednesday night that – you know, most of these coaches know every player out there, or at least the the vast majority of them, because they've either recruited them or they've decided not to recruit them, or you know they know about them. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, there's a connection there, and I'm sure Jalen Milrow is. Um, everybody'd like to have a five star quarterback coming in. Yeah. Well, Ty and that cowboy hat are headed behind enemy lines this week to Stark Vegas. Our coverage on the road this week presented by wow. Mock Legal Solutions, a law firm offering reasonably priced legal services. In most cases, no hourly billing, know exactly how much you will pay, and you will never be billed for emails, texts, and calls. That's Mock Legal Solutions, real advice, reasonable price. Danny gave you some real advice. Wear that cowboy hat down there. Apparently Maybe find so. you a country girl. A Clay, or Chuck, I, uh, I, I was told that the two places I need to go, the most response from Arkansas fans that have been there, I need you to verify this. Have you ever had a burger from Mugshots Bar and Grill or barbecue from Little Dewey's? Either I've, had both. Okay. I've had both. I've had both. Are they good? Little Dewey's is great. Little Dewey's is their, uh, I mean, that's their barbecue place, and it is good. Mugshots is a good place to go. Hang out, a good, you know, young man like you, Ty, cowboy hat, flowing blonde hair. I mean, you should be able to rack up in there. I would hope so. Are they receptive to red, or do I, I'm not going to wear maroon? You know, I'm going to tell you the truth about Starkville. Everybody complains about it. I mean, you know, uh, Skip Burtman used to say it's an old Indian word for trailer park. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they've... Uh, um, They've taken a lot of heat over the years. They're really nice people. I, I've, I've, uh, you know, in football, generally we don't stay in Starkville. Generally, you stay in Columbus, Mississippi, or you know, stayed in a lot of places. But in baseball, we always did, and uh, the people there are really nice. 
and they bend over backwards to be nice because they know that not everybody's excited about being there. But, Ty, I'm going to tell you, for a young man, Starkville's not a bad place to go. You play your cards right, and you'll have a good weekend. Cotton District, yeah, our plans. The Cotton District's good. Cotton yeah. District's good. We'll, uh, we're, what, we're, what Chuck is saying here is Stark Vegas is about a five, so they got to have a good personality to make them about a seven. That's right. <laughs> Hey, Stark really Vegas. Good, you know, a little chunky, you know, a little short and chunky, but great personality. That's Stark Vegas. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. I, the, uh, Chuck, I think I was showing you all this last week. The Airbnb that we're staying at is oh, has gosh. a Stark Vegas, like, mon, uh, what, what's it called? Uh, the Like, what is it? A drawing of something? Illustration. Uh, so, illustration. illustration. Yeah, a mural yeah. or something like that. It's mural, got a yeah. it's got a puppy in Stark Vegas. It's like Vegas. It's actually kind of cool. So I'm pretty you, you know, used to they got mad when you called it Stark Vegas. And now you they know, like they, it. Now well they've embraced it. Yeah. I mean you look at the hump. I, I I mean at the end of the floor at the hump at their basketball arena, it says Welcome to Stark Vegas. Yeah. So I mean they've kind of embraced it over the years and uh it's okay. Yeah. I'm excited. Hey, let me say this. I'm glad this is a day game because Ooh. I've been to the biggest stadiums in college football, guys. There's not a harder place to win on Saturday night than Starkville, Mississippi. I mean, it is a hard place to win. I still think one of the two or three best wins of the Petrino era was when we won down there 38-31. to And I think one of the biggest wins, arguably the biggest win, of Sam Pittman's era was that first conference victory when we got that monkey off our back and we won down there on Saturday night. That's a hard place to play on Saturday night. I'm glad we're playing at 11 in the morning. We should get Tylenol as another sponsor for the road trip to deal with those cowbells. That's what we need is a trade-out with uh, some pain relief this week for our ears. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to come back and you guys are going to be trying to talk to me on Monday and I'm not going to be able to hear what you're saying. We're not going to be trying to talk to you. On Monday morning uh, during the show? Nah. Yeah. Great, great response. All right, yeah. Jimmy and Conway, go ahead, man. Top of the morning to you, fellas. Hey, when you take your uh, Chevy Impala and <laughs> you want to drag race a Corvette, these things are going to happen. You know, it's just <laughs> that it's, engine's going to fall out. It's a, it's a good comparison. We're just not. We don't have the same engine, and people don't understand that. I got friends that are just jumping off the cliffs, I mean, thinking we're horrible. and They're going to beat a lot of people like that, not just us. But, uh, man, I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm more upset with the A&M loss than I am with the Bama loss. A&M looked horrible Saturday, and I think how in the world did we ever lose to them? But, anyway, thanks, guys. They don't have any. Well, see, I think that's the point right there. Pardon me just for a second. I, I, I think that's the point. If Arkansas had beaten Texas A&M, I think what happened Saturday, we'd turn and say, hey, we got to beat by a better team. Let's go beat Mississippi State. The A&M game may be the game, like Auburn was last year, that you look back at the end of the season because I, you know, I don't think A&M's done losing. And you may look back at the end of the season, probably will, and say, man, that's one that got away. That's one we should have won, kind of like the Auburn game last year. And I do think that has something to do with, with the reaction to this ball game is that it comes on the heels of a game you should have won, and it comes right before a game against a team that just dismantled the team that you feel like you should have beat. So, I, you know, I, I just think all that, you know, compounds itself a little bit. 
877-377-6963. Chuck, we've gotten a few texts. A lot of people want to know about kind of this whole Cade Ford and Malik Hornsby dynamic. I know we'll get an update from Coach Pittman later on with KJ Jefferson. Kind of your thoughts on him going to Ford and right out of the gate. Well, I was not surprised because I think Fortin's been the number two guy for a long time. And, you know, the one thing that I'll say, and Coach Pittman said this and lots of other coaches too have said it, guys, the players decide the depth chart. The players decide the depth chart. And I know that people are – I've heard people say, well, they should have put him in the game. If you don't watch practice every day, you don't know. And I know that sounds harsh, but I don't know how else to put it. I mean, you can't base your judgment on something that you watch for three hours on Saturday. You just can't. Um, they're not trying to lose the game. I mean, they're not trying to lose the game. They're not trying to make a point. They're trying to put the guy in there that they think can move the team and get some points. And at that juncture of the game, Arkansas was going to have to throw the football. Cade Fortin's a better passer, number one, than Malik is. And, um, but he's been the number two guy for a while. We've just um, we've just not seen the number two guy until this past Saturday. I did get a kick out of when Hutch asked him about it. Here's what Coach said. Well, that decision's been made for a while, so he's our number two quarterback, so we put him in there. That's what exactly and again, what guys, said. The players decide the depth chart so, by practice, what happens on the field, how they react to one another. The coaches just fill it out. The players decide. So when, you know, we've gotten a few texts and I've saw some stuff on. So, so why, why is the depth chart not read that way all along? And, you know, I don't know. I, the, I don't know. You the know, I don't know the answer. Well, but I will say this and, 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 and it's not just with us. Everybody does this. Um, your depth chart and your participation chart oftentimes do not look identical. Um, a lot of times the depth chart that a school releases will be the same one six weeks in as the one that they uh, that they released right before the opening day. And it's the same reason that coaches don't disclose injuries. You know, it's the same reason that, that, that coaches are always, um, you know, they're always a little bit reticent to say what somebody's physical condition really is. And you think oh, those other staffs don't read these note packages? I promise you by the time – you know, they release them around noon on Monday. Somebody on the other team's staff read it front to back by 1 o'clock. And so, um, you know, that's part of it too. But, you know, it, I know a lot of people thought he was going to come in. And I understand that based on, you know, what you, know, what you saw last year. But um, I think those around it knew that if K.J. went out that Fortin was going to be the guy that came in. Let's go south. Welcome in Charlie and Camden. Go ahead, Charlie. Hey, guys. Um you know, I, I, I'm listening to you. Uh, agreeing with all your points. Uh, what I think, um, what you know, have you ever watched the game, Chuck? I know you watched a lot of them, and you and you don't want to say it on there, but you ever watched the game, and you ever felt like you're just watching the game, and you know the other team is just better, and you know Alabama was just better than Arkansas. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, uh, especially Saturday. Um, now, Arkansas is better than Texas A&M, so we should be sitting here at 4-1. and one, But, you know, even with all the ebbs and flows and, you know, Arkansas getting an onside kick, and it never felt – I never felt like – you know, I knew that – I knew they might could make it a game, you know, with Bryce going out, but I never felt like at any point, you know, Alabama even felt threatened by Arkansas, and we never really – 
you know, put me, put, put much pressure on them. We, we cut it to five, but then obviously, you know, the play that broke our back, I think, is um, the 77-yard run by the quarterback, and we have a spy on him. We're in position to make the play, and we can't make it. Charlie, let me push back a little bit. I'm going to be honest, guys. They're in third and 15. They just had a horrible snap on that punt. I thought Arkansas was about to win that football game. I mean, they are out of sorts. They just had a false start on that drive. And then he made a Milro made a play, Chuck. Well, the one thing that I did think at 28-23 was you'd have to score more than another time to win the game. I didn't think Alabama was going to finish at 28. Um, I felt like at that point, Arkansas might be in a position to shoot it out with them in the fourth quarter. But I, I, I even when it was 28-23, I thought Alabama would score two more touchdowns. I still thought Arkansas would have to have a fourth quarter like they had against South Carolina and Missouri State where, you know, they just, uh, I mean, you know, it's just up and down. Alabama scores, Arkansas scores. And it just wasn't that way. Could have happened. I wonder, you were talking about the, the, the bobbled or just a horrible snap. It almost looked like that that was they were trying to fake and Toa Toa, who was the guy, the not the gunner, but the guy that signaled the snap, that that ball was supposed to go to him, yeah. and he didn't he didn't react or didn't know that there was a, a fake punt that saved it. I wouldn't up. think they'd run a fake right there, but what I wondered, and I've not seen the end zone look. Um, I don't know if it hit his hip. You know, I don't know if it hit his leg. You know, that happened with Stromberg down at A&M. And, mm-hmm. um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what happened. I haven't seen the end zone camera. And I don't know if this was an effect or not, but it did happen right in front of the students, right in front of the band, maybe the loudest Might part have. of the stadium. I don't know if communication was somewhat of an issue as well just because of where the play happened. I thought both sides, not just the students. I thought the people on the other side in the south end and down there in the, the, the Cardinal Club down there, I thought that was uh, – you know that's 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 the noisiest end of the stadium now, and um, I thought they were uh, I thought they were affected by that. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning $150,000 plus in cash. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot to win big money every day. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code HTL at NoHouseAdvantage.com or download the app on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. NoHouseAdvantage.com Promo code HTL You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Pretty easy, simple question. What stood out to you in Saturday's game? 877-377-6963. Tommy, go and hit this one first. What stood out in Saturday's game? I don't think you can look much past the way Alabama ran the ball. and They're going to do that to a lot of teams this year, but uh, I mean, when you Talk about where the game was decided. It was Arkansas's inability to sustain drives, but it was really 
Alabama's ability to run the ball the way they did. So I guess Arkansas's rush defense, which you expected to be better against the run, the, everybody's talked about the passing yards they've given up, Chuck. But in the end, it was it was really the run yards that that really drove the the nail in the coffin. Really, the only thing that surprised me was, um, you know, I, I I thought Arkansas might have their feet underneath them a little bit sooner. I I, I thought they looked a little. Um, I don't know that dazed is the right way to put it, but you could tell that things were different. They knew they were playing a team that was not going to give them any margin for error. And I, I, I thought Arkansas was a little tight at the start. and That, that was really the only surprise. I, Alabama's still Alabama, guys. And I thought the interception there early might have settled them in, and then they got a few for a couple first downs before the draw, drive stalled out. I, if they go on to score there, maybe they do have their feet under them. But you're right, they uh, they well, seemed a little uh, skittish. It, you know, there. Alabama doesn't give up very many 99-yard drives. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea that, you know, for you to be able to, to, to really seize the momentum requires you to go 99 yards, that's a pretty tall order right there. I, I think when you look at where they were on the field and you look at who you're playing – for them to get into a spot where, you know, even if you have to punt, which ultimately they did, you know, you're 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 better off in terms of field position. The thing that you've got to guard for even after a big play like that is that you don't, in the process, begin to lose the battle of field position. So I wasn't disappointed that they didn't drive 99 yards. I didn't know if they could, to be honest with you. Um, but I, I thought all things considered, for them to get out and get a punt away and you know, not lose the field position battle right off the bat was progress. And that's one of those little breaks that you don't think about till the final analysis that needed to go your way. That interception needed to carry him into the end zone and get a touchback, so you're at the 20, and it just, you know, it's just not a a break you I thought about that. Yeah, I mean, that's a break you needed. I mean, it was a 19-yard difference, and whether you get that at the one-foot line or – Across the goal line. You also got away with clipping the Alabama wide receiver on the way to that interception that they didn't call the ref. Who ran into who? I mean, mean, there was contact both ways. But, yeah, I mean, there there was a a bump or a rub there on that that route. No question. I thought what stood out is Arkansas's inability to throw the football. And and Coach Pittman kind of said that after. On offense, we got to throw the ball better, too. We're not – I mean, we're we're right now we're one-dimensional and we've got to be able to throw and catch and – protect and all those things and it's got to be better because we can't just turn around and hand the ball off and beat really good teams we got to we got to do better you go back to last year arkansas didn't compete with alabama running they competed with throwing the football you had one rushing touchdown in that game last year 2.6 yards per carry when you play them i know kj Sachs accounted for that but how you were able to compete with the crimson tide is throwing the football and guys you did not he didn't do that this year. KJ was what thirteen for twenty four. Time what's this total yards? One hundred and one fifty five. One fifty five. I mean, that's that's just not going to be enough to beat Alabama. Just plain and simple. No, you got to score points. You got to score points against Alabama because they're going to. And um, you know, if if you're going to beat them, particularly if your defense is not a great defense, you better be prepared to score forty points. And um, that's. You know, you think about last year and this year, and you think about the teams that play Alabama. I mean, your barometer, unfortunately, is you better be ready to score about 40 points. That's hard to do. That's why I said when it got to be 28-23, my hope was that we could turn it into a shootout in the fourth quarter because uh, and, and maybe Milrow would make a mistake. 
But you've got to be prepared to score a lot, and throwing the football is part of it. Absolutely. One of the other key parts of that game was when Alabama's defense stood tall, three straight runs for Arkansas that they snuffed out, including one on the on that third and goal that and and Cam ended up kicking a field goal. But Alabama's defense—I know their offense came through and it mattered—but their defense, when they needed a sack or they needed a big play, they were able to stone Arkansas too. You know, one thing you got to think about when we play Alabama and this scene repeats itself in every other place in the southeastern conference you go you know going in that you're going to have to play just darn near a perfect football game i'm not sure there is a perfect one but you got to be darn near perfect if you're going to beat alabama and then when you're not perfect you go back and you analyze and you break down all the imperfections you know um and the bottom line is alabama most weeks you can go Item by item, special teams, defense, offense, numbers, they're going to win all those battles. That's why they're Alabama. And, um, you know, sometimes, again, you can you can overanalyze your team after you play Alabama because that's not the measuring stick that you're going to face most weeks. All right, that's your Red River Dodge Morning Rush Daily Question. Red River Dodge in Heber Springs, Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at redriverdodge.com. <laughs> This hour of Chuck Barrett on the Morning Rush is presented by Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Professional people, professional service. Schedule your service appointment today at GoPascal.com. So I want to talk about some of these college football coaches. Paul Chris was let go by the University of Wisconsin over the weekend. So he, along with Scott Frost at Nebraska, Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech, Carl Durrell at Colorado, then Herm Edwards, five Power 5 schools have committed to $60-plus million dollars and buyouts, and it's because, Tommy, they're doing this early because of that early signing period. Well, that's part of it. Signal to the fans that, hey, we're, we're not satisfied making change. Paul Chris might have been a, a bit of a surprise, but when you lose to the former head coach there and, and Brett Bielema, and that was a big win for Bielema and Barry Lunny and, and, and Illinois, um, these are the kind of reactions that sometimes, uh, you know, when you've been contemplating that that, that happened. What I find uh, incredible, though, is the, the number you gave there and the, 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 the buyout number. You know, Chuck, a lot of times these guys are talking out both sides. Hey, we need more donations. We've got to keep the buildings going. We've got to, you know, have all this funding. But yet you always find the way to get rid of the coach you're, uh, you're dissatisfied with. Well, I think that the lesson there is there will always be the money. Um, and, you know, that includes Jimbo Fisher. It includes everybody else out there making big money. People say, well, they can't afford the buyout. Sure they can. Sure they can. Um, sometimes you can't afford not to buy them out if you want to get right down to it. Now, part of this, and I, I'm just going to be honest with you, part of this is I do think you've got some ADs out there that need to grow a spine. Um, and they are uh, puppets for a lot of these big money boosters. They always have been to a great degree, but, I mean, they don't even try to hide it now. I mean, you raise a little hell, you can get a guy fired in two weeks. And, um, you know, this is the trend now, though. And uh, this is a monkey see, monkey do business. And, uh, you know, the, the, the first time something like this happens, you can bet that there are going to be more times to follow. I, I think it's incredible the money that they pay people to leave. But, you know, with Wisconsin, there were a lot of former players, I know, last week leading up to the game that were really, you know, expressing a lot of dissatisfaction with what was going on in that program. But, you know, Paul Christ is a Wisconsin man. I mean, he's been there. He was he was there with Bielema. I, I mean, he, he's a Wisconsin guy. And um, he didn't stop, 
you know, being a good coach uh, just going into this season. But, um, you know, you have to evaluate the overall state of your program, and recruiting's a big part of that, what you've got coming in. People keep score with recruiting now. And, um, you know, just, hey, it's uh, this is the flip side to making all that money. This is the flip side to making all that money. And, um, you know, you're going to they cut you off at the knees pretty fast. Do you think Arkansas boosters meddle more when things are bad or when things are good? Or is it just well, a, common, metal. a combination? Everybody's bad. fan base yeah. meddles when things are bad. It's not just I the mean, boosters. I mean, Ours it's do, theirs do, everybody's do, uh, yeah. do. I mean, that's just part of it. We think about some some organizations that at the top, the that person and things are going good. They they try and they want it even more or what better. I just wonder from, from our fan base, we have a certain perception of what Auburn's fan base is like. I'd be curious to see what kind of other SEC <laughs> fan bases think of our big-time well, boosters. They think we're crazy just like we think that they're crazy. I, I mean, <clears throat> that's, that's what SEC football is. Yeah. Um, we expect more, and everybody else expects more, too. All of us have expectations that get out of whack sometimes. Um, that's that's what that's what makes it fun. I got to tell you, I, mean, I wasn't overly nervous, but I was a little nervous as I was getting to the stadium until I could read that banner behind the plane as I was making my way up. I, I, I was curious, at least, to what it was saying. It turned out yeah. it, was a, it was an advertisement, but... Uh, you know, anytime we see a plane prior to the game circling the stadium carrying a banner, Jeez. you're a little bit worried. And that, and I, <laughs> I wondered what it said until I got up closer. Good, hey, man. when you're good and you play in big games, people want to fly their banner around to sell you something. Yeah. Uh, when you're bad, they fly that plane around with a banner saying they want to fire the coach. And when you're really, really good, the Goodyear blimp shows up. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. something Arkansas hadn't had in quite that's some right. time. Now. We're talking about you're talking about expectations, Chuck. I had Arkansas before the season and at at this juncture at three and two with losses to Texas A and M and Alabama. So I'm right where they thought they would be. Unfortunately, I was hoping that they'd get over A and M and then get Bana a better game in the fourth quarter. It didn't happen. But what do you think the fan base feels right now as we're sitting here on a hot take Monday of how they feel about this football team relative to what they know. thought in the season? Eight seven seven three seven seven. Six nine six three. Tommy, you you had Arkansas. I think at nine and three, were two of those losses to A and M and Alabama. Or where, where were your there kind may of be a, a win off of where I thought they they could be, and I think we kind of all recalibrated a little bit after the first couple of weeks. But you know, I'd like to have seen them at four and one, like anybody else. But I, I was not ever in the camp of hey, they're going to be five and zero oh at this point going to Starkville. So I think part of this, guys, and, and, and I include myself in this and all of us who are either talking right now or just listening to the program, if you expected Arkansas to be 4-1 and one or 5-0, and oh, they didn't meet your expectations. They didn't meet your expectations. Um, and, and, and I say this respectfully, but the vast majority of the people who have a season prediction of what the Razorbacks' record's going to be, they, they've never watched a practice. I mean, uh, they don't know what's going on there, and, and, and I'm not saying they should. I'm just saying that, you know, we all base our own opinions on what we think, but the truth is, you know, we're not always as informed as, certainly not as informed as the guys who are out there, and, and we get upset sometimes because, you know, we weren't cry, uh, 
quite on point, and 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 I think that's a big part of it. Chuck, you referenced the Cade Forden thing earlier with him coming in for Malik Hornsby, a throwing situation where you're trying to score some more points. If you'd watch practice, you'd notice that Cade was kind of that second-team quarterback, but some fans were mystified by the fact that he was inserted before I understand Malik that. Hornsby. I understand that. I understand that, and and uh, um, you know we've we'd not seen the number two quarterback yet. We'd not seen the number two quarterback, so we really didn't know who it was going to be. And and um, you know I, I I'll say something that Sam Pittman said before, said it in the first hour. The players decide the depth chart. Um, they decide. Those receivers decide in a big big way who the quarterback's going to be. And uh, the coaches just fill it out. Players decide it every day who's going to play. And Fortin's been the number two guy for a while. Um, we've just not seen the number two quarterback play. And, if and I, it was a passing, you know, it, yeah. it certainly was a passing situation anyway. And when I said now or one, if you're an Arkansas wide receiver and if it's believed to be that Cade's the best passer on the team, and that includes K.J. Jefferson, depending on who's going to play on Saturday and what K.J.'s kind of status is, I'm excited if I'm an Arkansas wide receiver to maybe get more of well, an opportunity. Well, now, let's, let's, let's not get carried away here, guys. Let's not get carried away and say that, Cade Fortin's, you know, a better quarterback than KJ or a better passer. That that's 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 not true. Um, you know, this is a guy that was he was highly recruited. He's out of the Atlanta area, out of Gwinnett County. Went to North Carolina originally. Didn't play a whole lot. Uh, transferred to South Florida. He was not a starter at South Florida. He was a backup. This is a backup quarterback, and uh, he's a good one, better than average. I'm I'm not saying he's a bad backup. But let's not get carried away. I mean, you know, every fan base has a tendency to believe that the guy that's not playing is the answer. And, uh, you know, you don't wave a magic wand with Cade Fortin. You don't wave a magic wand with Malik Hornsby. I I mean, K.J.'s best quarterback on this team by far. And um, K.J.'s going back to his home state Saturday night. I'm going to be very, very surprised if he doesn't play a great game against Mississippi State. Let's take some calls. Robert's called in. Go ahead, Robert. Hey guys, I, <clears throat> I had us going, you know, seven and five. But my other question was, y'all talked about a player was going to come up from nowhere last week. You know, he was going to show more than what we'd seen from anybody. Neil Rose was that player. Neil Rose had a heck of a game, and I wish we could have stopped him, but we just couldn't. We didn't have an answer. We did for a little bit, but once he got in the groove of his own game, and it just, you know, we got. That's like for their mentality, next man up. And they had it, and we didn't, you know. That's what's tough. Go ahead, Robert. Sorry. No, that's it. I'm just, you know, it's just tough to watch. You know, Bill Rose was that kid that had the breakout game. Yep, and it's a guy that... Arkansas and Kendall Bryles recruited and a guy that you'd love to have on your football team. That's what Alabama has over you right now. It's not just the quarterback position, but they can plug and play a bunch of dudes all over the field and it's got more depth than you. It's what happens when you recruit the number one, number two recruiting class pretty much every year. Guy's a five-star recruit. I mean, he was a five-star recruit and he did to the Razorbacks Saturday what we've seen K.J. Jefferson do to other teams. And you look at the teams in our conference um, a lot of them, you know, that's the style of quarterback that they want now. And, um, you know, Milrow certainly fits that bill. And, I mean, that was uh, that was a great play. 
Guys, I'll tell you one thing I was very excited about this morning, though. I woke up. It's 44 degrees in Fayetteville Mm-mm-mm. this morning. Fall weather's here. And uh, I'm telling you, it's time to check out Pascal's Plant Protection Program. This is going to guarantee you seasonal tune-ups. We're kind of at the point in the year right now where everybody's in the back of their mind thinking, I hope my heater's okay. And uh, Pascal's Plant Protection Program ensures that it is. Seasonal tune-ups, not just now, but all year long. you got a lot of other benefits as well. You can schedule. Your seasonal tune-up at GoPascal.com. Professional people, professional service. They've been in northwest Arkansas for over 50 years, and now they're expanding all over the state. You know, they've got locations in northwest Arkansas. They're in the River Valley now. They're in Hot Springs, Searcy, Cabot, Newport. They're in the Joplin, Carthage area. Um, They cover a lot of ground. And you're going to find what I found and what people have known for literally half a century, that these are professional people. This is professional service. So schedule your tune-up at GoPascal.com. We know how it is here. There's going to be that week, maybe later this month, where it just snaps and all of a sudden, we got low temperatures in the twenties, daytime highs in the forties. I mean, it's going to happen. We know we we all, and we're all going to be surprised, but we shouldn't be because it happens every year. Guys, do you guys run your heater in the morning and your AC in the afternoon? Oh, How do you yeah. do it this time of year? Yeah, absolutely. You wake up. With, I do. Wake up with one. I'm and, not embarrassed. No, I'm not embarrassed. I'm Heater's not embarrassed. on in the morning, AC in the afternoon. Yeah, the good Lord gave us central heat and air for a reason. You know? <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> you know, absolutely. All right, Ty's headed behind enemy lines down to Stark Vegas this week. It's brought to you by Mock Legal Solutions, a law firm offering reasonably priced legal services. In most cases, no hourly billing. Know exactly what you'll pay and never be billed for emails, text, and calls. That's Mock Legal Solutions. Real advice reasonable price excited to check out the the cotton district is it what's Ch- the other thing they're on they got the on-campus creamery or whatever i know phil was talking about that one of the phil, baseball trips yeah phil's phil loves the the press box and the media because apparently they have ice cream for that that's outstanding apparently <laughs> i know Chuck. it's shocking to think that they have that's a dairy the difference. program there <laughs> that's the difference between uh a guy like phil and a guy like ty Phil's talking about how good the ice cream is at the ballpark, and Ty's trying to plan where he's going to be at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I do have to wake you up. Know? I'm going to have to figure this out. I told myself. I'm you got to burn it at both ends, man. You got an early yeah. kick. You got it. You're a young man. You got to burn it at both ends. Yeah, and an early pregame show as well. Nice little 6 a.m. Yeah. that we got. Why uh, even go to bed? You know? Stay in two on. I mean, I don't want to do you this. You need show. to roll in about 540. You know, take a big swig of coffee, and away and, we go. And, uh, and away we go, yeah. Sleep so. on the way back. Oh, yeah, Kenny Stabler. That's what uh, that's what he used to do with the with the Raiders. That's exactly right. I am not a snake. I am not driving back. So that's Chuck. That's a, a nice idea. And it's just and Tommy's just sitting here, not saying one thing or another. So I think that's what I'm going to do. I almost just got clearance right then and there mm-hmm. for it, Friday night. We'll Stabler showed up one day for for the team breakfast. He's a little bit late. They said. Snake, you just getting up? He said, "Getting up? I'm just rolling in." You know, that's right. Just getting in. Sorry, I'm late. <laughs> I, uh, I the, the old sunset, watching the sunset rise because you hadn't fallen asleep yet. I don't know. I don't know how people do that. Uh, I do want to. You, 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 Chuck, you were talking about Mike Leach and the entertainment value that he brings to a a football team or a fan base. Well, here was what he had to say about eloping. Alyssa Lang is getting married mm-hmm. and. This was his recommendation. I would kind of keep it on the down low, which you failed to do that. Trevor was probably planning to, but you didn't. So go ahead and uh, don't say anything else about it. But as soon as the season's over, or even an off week, go elope. Trust me on that. Go elope. 
because uh, basically every female in the family is going to terrorize you guys until it's over. Once it's over, I mean, they'll be upset for a few days, but it'll be over. And then, you know, you cruise away, uh, along, have a happy marriage, have a happy life. She's with the SEC Network and ESPN. She asked him about what they should do for their wedding. He's just, just elope. Don't, well, at least don't worry about a big wedding. At least he'll play along. I mean, you know... He, He'll, you know, that was right after the game. You could hear the band playing. I mean, that's how interesting the A and M Mississippi State game was. Chuck, you could you could ask questions about marriage. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I think that's the stupidest segment of television I have ever listened to or watched in my life. That was a stupid question. It was a stupid question. And uh, Leach sounded stupid talking about it. And people that don't know any better lap it up. That's a dumb question. I mean, my gosh, they just beat Texas A&M, and you got some some uh, reporter out there asking him about that. I mean, that's just dumb. Now, Leach did play along. If you listen to the whole thing, he had to kind of get his feet underneath. Yes, he did. It. You know, he didn't really know what to say at first because it was a dumb question. And um, but whatever. I, I mean, some people like that. I hate to sound like a cranky old man, but. Get off my lawn. Well, you do kind of sound like one. They asked Saban. I don't care. I think that's stupid. <laughs> Jenny Dell asked Saban about, about Bryce She Young asked him and, a good – no, she asked him a good well, question. But, but, she goes, yeah, how did your team yes, rally? But, and then he yes. went in on oh, – See, that was a good question. That was a that was a good question, and Saban just went off. He, I mean, he only heard – he, he only – I listened. He loud. only heard <laughs> – Bryce, the, when he heard Bryce Young, she did. She You're asked right. him about the team, which yeah. was exact. I want to talk about the team. You just got asked about the team, yeah. dude. Yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. He, he was, tuned out as soon as he heard Bryce Young you're because exactly he was ready right. for that certain question, and then yeah, he didn't get exactly that, right. Uh, didn't get that certain question. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! Chuck Barrett here. I know a thing or two about making great calls in Arkansas. And when it comes to your home service needs, make the call to Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. The friendly pros at Pascal have been serving Arkansas for more than 50 years. And as the weather changes, make sure your system is ready with a Pascal protection plan. Call the pros at Pascal and get a seasonal tune-up, discounted services, and priority scheduling. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned. Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. Have you tried Benville Brewing's new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale? It's handcrafted in Arkansas. You'll taste the great tropical citrus, including the passion fruit, the guava, and pineapple. It's creamy, zingy, and zows the taste buds. It's weird, wonderful, and wacky all at the same time. Try the new Space Goose Hazy India Pale Ale from Benville Brewing. I know Coach Pittman was asked earlier last week about the running back situation behind Rocket. Drew asked him about it post game. Here's what he had to say. I think Rocket's the guy, you know, and then 
the other guys are, I don't know that any, any of them separated from the other guy. I think they're all good runners, but Jimmy may feel different, or I might after I watch the tape, but I, uh, not right now. I don't think so. Guys, I didn't think Rashad DeBinion had made a freshman mistake, really, for the most part, but that fumble that Hellums had on him was pretty big, pretty big play against him. I wouldn't categorize it as necessarily just a freshman mistake. I mean, upperclassmen fumbled too, but it was a big play. I mean, it was a big play because I think he'd gained 11 on mm-hmm. that play mm-hmm. and then lost the ball. So, I mean, it was a big play, no doubt. You know, if you're in the stadium on the big screens, because I, I went and sat uh, outside in the, in the stadium this week, the screen in the stadium that Coach was looking at didn't show that other side angle. And everyone was wondering, based on that, why the replay booth didn't step in sooner. And it's almost as though Coach had to shut the game down, which he did to get a replay. He didn't lose the timeout, but it was pretty obvious when you were watching the TV broadcast when we went back home, it was pretty open and shut if you had that angle. But I can see why Coach was so upset about it. He didn't have all the information. I didn't think they reviewed plays unless they went against Alabama. That was the uh, so did the guys you know, that around the, me. That's exactly the, what they that said. was the. I mean, they were trying so hard to figure out a way to take away that onside kick. I, I mean, you know, they kept looking, and I thought, well, if they keep looking, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna find something. Yeah, I'm two, just well, joking. There was, there was two it, things. You know, it just that. seems that way. You know, just there was that, that block way. that occurred, right? And you know, the ball has to go ten yards. The block be initiated by the by the receiving team. You had the block going on there, and then did the ball go ten? Those are hard plays there, but yeah, I mean, they kept looking, kept looking, kept looking, but uh, everybody was upset about about that fumble play because from the one angle that the entire crowd in the stadium got shown, it right. didn't look like a fumble right. at that moment. And, they, and Coach, yeah, but, that's all Coach yeah, had other than what people yeah. upstairs were telling him. You know, initially it did, you know, and I kind of thought, too, well, the ground caused that. But then when you saw, mm-hmm. you know, when you saw the other angle, you knew it was a fumble. Because I was wondering, why in replay shutting that down? That seems less than yeah. 50, less than, than open and shut, more 50-50. And then, boy, what you watched on TV, once I watched it back, well, it's pretty open and shut. Yeah, I have the, uh, the, the television angles that you're talking about. Then that if you only show that one replay to the crowd, the crowds can react to a, a certain way in that. But as you just said, it was clear cut and dry. Was there any, I'm trying to think, was there any play that you felt like Arkansas got shafted on? During the course of that game, I mean, Alabama had. Oh, there's game. there's a lot of face masks. That's that's probably the most undercalled play. Is you know, Tommy knows more about this than me, but my observation is is, look, there were times I'm sure we grabbed their face mask, and I've seen a lot of pictures of plays where they grabbed ours, and um, yeah, there was a lot of that going on. Um, they called a lot of penalties. I mean, both 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 sides were playing aggressively, and you know, the good teams, the good teams, pick your sport. I mean, they put pressure on the officials, too. I mean, they put pressure on the officials. They, they, they walk that fine line, and they push the envelope, and they make officials make decisions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can remember the great Arkansas basketball teams. I mean, the other team's point guard's wrist was raw at the end of the night. And um, you put pressure on the officials. You make them make calls because a lot of times they won't. Arkansas had six fouls for 31 yards. Alabama, 10 flags, 101 yeah. yards. So. And they're so aggressive that if you were to call, you know, if we if they'd called all the things that just people have pictures of, I mean, well. that would have been 15 penalties. And the point is that they put pressure on the opponent. They put pressure on the officials. Nick Saban's over there barking at the chain gang. <laughs> I mean, they put pressure on everybody in the building. Yeah. And you can't judge things based on a still photo. 
I mean, no, you can't. You can't. You got to have video, and you got to see. And a hand on a face mask is not a foul. We got to clear that up too. It's that is not what the you know you got to grasp, pull, and twist. So to get the flag. So and there was some of that that went on that went uncalled. But you also got to look. Did it affect the play too? If it's way over here with two linemen and has nothing to do with the play, a lot of times that'll get let go. Well, I just don't think that you know. Ultimately, all those things you know are kind of like you know analyzing. You know, did you do this well against Alabama? I mean, they're 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 going to be calls every game yeah. that go your way, and going to be calls you're mad about. Yeah. What do y'all think was the deal with KJ's passing on Saturday? Those we got a text from Bean out of the eight seven zero. What did y'all make of his his passing game? I thought, I thought there were some. Well, I mean, it wasn't good. Yeah, I mean, he was trying to hit some of those routes out in the flats, some shorter routes, and I just thought he. He he missed on him. It's just obvious. Just watch him. He he overthrew a couple, and he was just just off target. I thought he had a bad day, comparatively speaking. And I and you know KJ's had a lot more good days than bad days, but I don't think he had his best day. I shouldn't say he had a bad day. I don't think he had his best day. And um, as Sam Pittman said after the game, they're going to throw the ball better. They you know they're well aware of that. And I thought you know, there's still some intimidation factor playing Alabama guys. They can say all the right things and um, do all the right things, but you still go into that game knowing that there's not a lot of margin for error, and you still go in as a quarterback knowing that that you know that hitch or um, you know that out route or that short throw that nobody else makes a play on, Alabama might be able to, and I think that affects the way you throw the ball. And I just thought KJ had a had a game that he'd probably like to erase. You hold KJ Jefferson to 155 yards passing and 38 yards rushing. That's the recipe to how to beat Arkansas. You neutralized yeah. the best player on the offensive side, and that's KJ. And those aren't numbers that are going to lead Arkansas to wins against great teams for sure. Well, I think we've seen back-to-back weeks and a question that's been asked before the season, can Arkansas win a football game without KJ Jefferson playing really well? He hasn't played really well the last two weeks. You've lost. You're going up against a kid in Will Rogers who is, for all intents and purposes, an all-SEC quarterback and is playing like it. And they just got a big win against Texas A&M. I don't think if K.J. does indeed play, I don't think he can have a, a mid-game in Arkansas walk He's going to go back and, and do what he did again in Oxford last year if Arkansas is going to win this game on Saturday. Well, let's not be so quick to turn on K.J. I mean, this is the same crowd that, six weeks ago was belly aching because he wasn't named to the preseason all-conference team, and everybody wanted to know why. So let's not turn on him so quickly. I mean, um, Alabama makes a lot of quarterbacks look bad, and and I don't think he played bad against Texas A&M. I think he made a bad decision on a big play, and for a lot of people that defined his night, and I understand that. I mean, you make a bad play at a big moment, for a lot of people that is going to define your night, but... um, K.J. still is a great quarterback. He still gives us our best chance to win. He had a bad day against a great team, and lots of quarterbacks are going to have bad days against Alabama. Well, I hope that's not what – I mean, I don't think that's what we're saying here. I hope – I mean, when no one's here turning yeah, on K.J., but – I'm sorry. What I'm coming from is the team is is flawed in certain areas, especially on defense – that your quarterback, regardless if it's KJ or anyone else, has to have a banner day. They can't have a midday and you expect to win. That that's, that's, sounds like it's a shot at KJ. It's not. That's more of what you need to do to win football games. Well, here, I'd push back from that just from this standpoint. You always like to play devil's advocate. I think you've got a stable of running backs led by Rocket Sanders that can carry the team in a lot of situations when the team isn't named Alabama on the other side of the field. So, I mean, I think that does relieve some of the pressure from the quarterback if you can get the ground game going. And that's 
twofold. That's offensive line and the backs, Chuck. But I think your running backs can carry the offense in certain situations. I do think the running game and the play of the offensive line dictates the rhythm of a game. And I think that's going to be important this coming week because, you know, Mississippi State's a quick strike kind of team. Now, I know they're running the ball well. And, and I mean, they gashed Texas A&M uh, more than once in that game. But uh, they like to move in a hurry. They like to strike in a hurry. And um, I think that from an offensive standpoint, you do need to dictate the pace of the game. And, and you know, Alabama's too good a team for that against. You're not going to dictate the day against a team like Alabama. But I do think that you've got a chance to do that against Mississippi State. Mississippi State's really good. Uh, they did to Texas A&M what I think a lot of fans thought Arkansas was going to do to Texas A&M, just to be real honest. If it been in Fayetteville, might have. I don't know. But, um, you know, Mississippi State was able to do that. You have to give them credit. They're tough in their place. But I think that Arkansas's offensive line and the running game is going to have to dictate the tempo Saturday. I know the Aggie yell might be the worst tradition in sports, but is the Cowbell the most annoying part of any <laughs> SEC team in, you know, in sports? I, I will give them credit for one thing, and if you've been down there, you know this. They, they, they dictate when you ring the bells on the scoreboard. They tell you when it's okay when you got to stop. And they really do a good job of that because, I mean, the, basically the conference said this is the only way you're going to get to do it. And I know it's a noisemaker and still don't know why they get to do it and nobody else does, but it's because of their tradition. I mean, I understand all that. And they've policed it about as well as they can. But, um, yeah, you're going to hear them. There's no way around it. You're going to hear them. It's, it is good that you're playing these guys at 11 a.m. Chuck, you referenced the 2010 game earlier where the very end of the game, I think it was Jake Beck and it might have been D.D. Jones that sacked I mean, Chris Relf. I'm trying to remember who that quarterback was that day. for That that, that night game, that was more one of the more underrated wins in the Bobby Petrino era going to Starkville, beating the top 25 Bulldog team that night. I mean, that's a, uh, that's a tough place to win on Saturday night. Two years ago. Uh, when Arkansas won their first SEC win under Sam Pittman, broke that long losing streak. That was a hard-fought win, and I felt like, you know, I know that in the grand scheme of things, that, you know, is not his signature win. I understand all that. But I felt like at that point we were really headed in the right direction because I'd seen how difficult it was to win there in a night game on Saturday night. Tough environment. Um, They went down there and they won that ball game, and, um, I thought that at that moment, we got the right guy. I mean, we got the right guy. We're going to be okay. Greg and Blake text in. He said, hey, guys, all you got to do, Tommy, is score, and you're not going to hear the bells. That's a well, pretty that's simple right. answer. There's a lot of teams trying to find an answer when they go to yeah, score. Yeah, go three and out and yeah. keep scoring, and yeah. you won't hear them very much. Yeah, A&M couldn't find that answer either the other night. So I got a text in from Billy earlier, and it's just – well, the SEC West looks like Alabama and everyone else. I don't know Mississippi State clobber in Texas A&M. And Ole Miss getting a big time win. That was probably the biggest win this past week was Ole Miss beating Kentucky, I would say, in the SEC West. And oh, I think it's uh, I think it's Mississippi State for the Western Division. I mean, that's a Western Division game. I mean, Ole Miss was impressive, don't get me wrong, but I thought Mississippi State made well, a statement Saturday. Only reason I'd go with what you're saying is because of how highly Kentucky was thought of and being a top ten team. But yeah. I see, I see. I your look point. down on the East. I well, look down on the East. They I, blew that I, game. I admit it. And I, I will, admit it. Ole Miss, you said it earlier. They blew that game. I mean, Levis and company had that game, and they had it 
in the Grove. The and fact that it was as low away. scoring as it was mm-hmm. was surprising, guys. Now, let me ask you guys something. I, I, you know, I admit I don't know as much as the next guy, but I keep hearing this stuff about the Kentucky quarterback. You know, Levis, how he's going to be a top-five pick. He's going to be a first-round. Heard somebody say he could be the first quarterback taken. Am I missing something? I mean, I don't see it. I think he's good. Don't get me wrong. But they're talking about him being a top quarterback pick. I just don't see that. I I said it before the season. I thought he was the most overrated quarterback in the SEC. I thought Hooker was better. I thought Hooker should have been. I don't know. It went Bryce Young. Then it went, I think, Levis and Hooker on the all-SEC list. And I thought Hooker was clear in a way the second-best quarterback so far, outside of maybe like KJ. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big game. That game is in. So LSU hosts Tennessee this week. That's going to be a big game. They play in Knoxville, Levis and Hooker later on this season. You know, one thing we're seeing in the SEC, I mean, we watched it Saturday night with Auburn and LSU. Hooker's this way at uh, uh, Tennessee. Young's the best at it. Our guy's this way. Um, they've all got that type quarterback that the you know that the defense has to account for as a runner, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes just to be frank, um, the passing game's not as pretty as it would be if you had the more traditional drop back kind of pro sort of NFL passer. Doesn't look like that. Um, you know the RPO game in college is 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 very very effective, and you see the teams in our league starting quarterbacks who play that style. If you're good at it, man, you can make a defense look bad. But if you're not great at it, there are going to be points where you have to throw the ball and it just doesn't look very pretty. Um, and, and not just with our guy, but with a lot of these guys in the league. And I would say Jan is a, a pure polished passer that can run. Hooker can do both. I think Hooker's a much better passer than, than KJ is based on watching play. But I, I go back to what you just said. It's hard for me to factor this in when they play in the east east is it's it's just not the west now this is not the night this is not spurrier and fulmer going at each other like back this ain't this ain't that it's a completely different east that we're looking at georgia's still really good but georgia got taken they got taken the wire by missouri on saturday night i mean that game was a player two away from everyone looking around saying what the heck just happened with kirby smart squad and that people are still saying that this morning i was well but you know guys if you follow football, you know, even with a bad team, when they play their worst game, when they play their worst game, if they're going to play a great game, it's going to come the next week. Missouri played as horrible a football game against Auburn as a college football team can play. I mean, that's as bad as it gets. Well, if they're going to play one game that is great, it's going to come the next week. Now, Missouri may lose every game the rest of the way. Wouldn't surprise me at all if that happened. But I was not surprised that they played a great game. I didn't think it'd be as close. But, uh, hey, Missouri gave them all that they wanted. There's no doubt about that. Guys, I don't know about you, but I like dealing with pros when I do business. And, you know, particularly when you've got big transactions going. And real estate transactions are about as big as it gets for most people. And Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company professional set of agents. It's their training program that sets them apart. They've got the best training program in the business. And when they come out of that program, there's nobody out there that's going to be more effective at representing you, whether you're the buyer or the seller. They're going to understand the market, all the nuances that you think you know about, but you really don't. They're going to know how to get you from contract to close, and you're going to value your partnership with them. That was my experience. It's been my experience, and I think it will be too. Weicker Griffin, or Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company's got offices in Fayetteville, they're in Springdale, they're in Bentonville, they've got a location in Fort Smith. 
They've just opened one in Branson, Missouri. You can log on to WeikertGriffin.com. Got another Malik. I feel like we have to say this every 15, 20 minutes about Malik Hornsby. Do we need a so sounder? Chuck, Chuck I, I'm gonna, I'll tell you what. I'll write you a script. The breaking news. Yeah. Breaking news yeah, on this. You I, need a sounder? Yeah, I'll get a... Uh, let me uh, do this real quick because it seems like that that's the... Uh, <laughs> I've never heard that on a breaking newscast no. before. We have but, uh, another Malik Hornsby request. Chuck, hold on. Is that one better? Is that better? Uh, so what's the request? The request is why he didn't play on Saturday. That's the question. Well, the question. They went to the number two quarterback, and he's not the number two quarterback. But it says I mean, that's right a simple here answer. In my depth chart that Malik I, I mean, I, I, uh, um, I don't know what else to say to that. I, I mean, I you know. People say, why didn't he play? Well, because they went to the number two quarterback. Cade Fortin's the number two quarterback. I I don't know what other answer there is. Because when KJ couldn't play, Kendall Bryles turned around and he, he turned to Cade Fortin and said, you're in the game. And get your helmet well, on you know, part of this, I mean, you got to look at the situation in the game. I mean, you got to look at the situation in the game where, uh, uh, you know, you've, you've said it, Ty, and I think everybody in the stands knew it. I mean, you have to throw the ball to beat these guys. And um, Fortin gave you that best chance. But, um, you know, he's, he's the better passer of the two. And at that point in the ball game, you sure needed to throw it. But he's been the number two guy for a while. If Arkansas is up in that game and you're trying to run the football, maybe you're up by 10 or 7 points, is that – change or nope. still going in there nope number two quarterback i mean simple it's not complicated he's the number two guy you put the number two guy in and let's be honest at that point alabama was going to have to beat themselves to lose that game i mean arkansas was was not in a position they were gonna have to have a lot of things go right i just want them to cover at that point that, that's exactly what everyone that had money on it was thinking about was well we need one more score that might make this a little more interesting well, we and, don't need and, alabama and, to score one more time so. you know you're, you're you're kind of bringing up the dirty little secret that a lot of fans have in the way they react to ball games a lot of it does have to do with did i lose money today mm-hmm. and um you know ty I'm, I'm i mean this is the reason i don't bet ball games because I'm up there in that you know I'd be up there in that booth paying attention to all this stuff and I'd be thinking in the fourth quarter man I got a lot of cash on this today I sure (laughs) wish they'd cover and when they don't I'm gonna be mad too so I do think that's the dirty little secret not just here but everywhere to fans reactions is those who bet if they won or lost that's going to affect their view too to chuck's point brent musburger before he exited espn would make little hints on the oh, yeah. abc broadcast the best at it. and uh, drop those little tidbits in there so Absolutely. chuck I, I agree <laughs> look everybody you. knows everybody knows what the line is everybody on the sideline knows what the line is from the last guy standing all the way to the head coach everybody knows what the line is yeah. this podcast has been presented by bet online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.